It's going to be a huge show today because not only are we going to talk about this Bitcoin rally and where it's going from here, but we're also going to talk about Dogecoin. And then we're going to talk about three altcoins that I'm going to show you that whales are actually buying. I'm going to show you why whales are actually buying these tokens. And let me tell you, when you hear it, chances are you're probably also going to want to buy it. So this is going to be a big one. It's going to be a quick one, but it's going to be a big one. So let's get into it. Fuck out of bed, bitch, go. Okay, okay, okay. From tomorrow, no more. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Goes on this. I see people are complaining, uh, are complaining about it again. Welcome back, guys. We're also not going to waste any more time. We're going to get straight into the alpha today. So listen, do me a favor. If you're new to the channel, subscribe to the channel. I see our subscribers have been growing amazingly in the bear market, which is amazing because in the bear market for a channel like ours to be growing in subscribers is absolutely unbelievable. Kind of shows the how solid our community is we keep growing our community in the bull market and the bear market and for those guys who are here i see you guys every single day i see some ogs here i see some new people here i see josh i see rival i see kieran i see jeremy uh, i see a whole lot of you guys so don't think i don't see you guys and maybe we'll even do some q a after nice to see you guys in the in the bull market and the bear market and then remember if you are here just like this content help us get unshadow banned YouTube has been brutal on our content lately. It's been it's been it's been amazing. Like a lot of people are telling us that that the 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 show content doesn't come up on their timelines, that there are subscribers to notification and they do hit the bell notification. They still don't get this. So the only way the only way that I can get that I can get out of it is if you guys smash that like button. Um, and uh, yeah, let's make it happen. I see people are are, are trolling me here about. Uh, why isn't anyone talking about this? Yeah, you guys are bringing the Twitter game here into, into YouTube. <laughs> legends. Anyway, listen, you guys are absolute legends. Showing up in the bull market and in the bear market. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun here today. Let me know in the comments how many of you are actually coming to Solana this week. Um, a lot of us are going. I know that Miles is going. I'm going. Probably 20 people from Banter are coming. And I know that last year, a lot of the community was there. Let me know if you guys are coming to Solana. And if you are coming to Solana, maybe we should hang out. Maybe we should all go and hang out, man. Could be fun. It could be fun. It could be fun. Anyway, let's not waste time. Let's get straight into the alpha. Um, there's a lot of alpha. There's a massive show. We're going to be talking about three, but actually four and maybe even five tokens that whales are buying, but specifically three that I can verify uh, that whale. People are saying Google is punishing your, your shininess. You see, I'm too shiny. Let, let, me, let me turn down the shine. Let me turn down the shine. How's that? So turn down the shine slightly. I look 10. <laughs> All right, let's go. So let's get straight into Alpha. Let's talk about where we're at on the markets. Um, so you can see the first thing that you can see on the markets is Bitcoin is holding the pump, which, me, which is a great sign going into this week because this is a massive week. And you can see by holding the pump, Bitcoin is still broken through this little trend line. I mean, 
you know, theoretically, we could probably get a little bit of a retest before we continue to go up if it, if it were to play uh, specifically by the rules. But remember, this week is a big week. This is the, the week of the FOMC meeting. Um, and it's not an ordinary FOMC meeting. It's the FOMC meeting before the midterm elections, which is going to be quite big. And I think this FOMC meeting, what's, what's certain is probably the fact that we're getting a 75 basis point rate hike. I mean, unless Powell really surprises us, I think we're getting the 75 basis point rate hike. Um, there is a 13.3% probability that we'll get a 50 basis point rate hike, but I don't think so. I think, I mean, I don't know, unless Joe Biden is, is uh, secretly twisting Powell's arm, um, then I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but the, 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 I think where we're going to get a surprise this week, or where I'm hoping we're going to get a surprise this week, is not actually on the rate hike, because I think that's kind of like done. But I think where we could get the pivot is in the press conference afterwards or in the minutes. And I think what we could get in the press conference and in the minutes, and certainly what I'm going to be listening for when Powell comes out there, I want to be listening for the language. And specifically, I'm looking for language around pausing, around the end of interest rate hikes, around terminal rates. And I've got a feeling that in this FOMC meeting, we're going to get a pivot in Powell's tone. So we're going to get a pivot around, around maybe taking a pause, maybe seeing the implications, maybe saying, look, we're going to increase 75 basis points this time. We're probably going to increase 75 basis points next time, but then we're going to, to take a pause. And actually right now, as it stands, you've got um, the probabilities for the next interest, for the next Fed meeting, 48% at 50 basis points and 45% at 75 basis points. So you can see the market starting to price in a little bit of a, of a Fed slowdown, which is, which is probably good. So that's what we're looking out for when it comes to the Fed meeting this week. Um, if I do look at the rest of the charts and I look, for example, at, well, Doge. Doge is still pumping. We're going to talk about Doge today because it's important to talk about Doge and to say, you know what? We had the pump. We promised you there would be a pump. We told you last week at six cents. I told you guys, go in on Doge. You can't ignore Doge. Congratulations to those of you that had conviction. To those of you that actually did it, congratulations. Um, but now the question is, what happens from here? Do we see another consolidation here and another pump up? Or is this just a fake pump which eventually lands up back at six or maybe somewhere between six and where it is today? That's what we're going to talk about slightly later in the show. Um, I do see that the markets are opening in two minutes. NASDAQ futures are down about half a percent. Um, no big earnings this week. Last week, remember, we had earnings, which gave us a lot of volatility. This week, no real earnings. I mean, there, is, there are earnings, but it's, it's small earnings. It's not, not anything that's going to be game-changing. And then one last look is, let's take a look at the Dixie. And the Dixie is now back in that trend. It has broken the parabola. No doubt it's broken the parabola. And... It's, it, it's, it's now back above this trend, though. So we kind of want to see it breaking down below this trend. And I guess a lot's going to happen with FOMC meeting this week, Wednesday. Now, I'm not sure if I'm going to be here on Wednesday to go through Powell's uh, press conference with you. The reason is I'm flying to Lisbon. So I'm trying to delay my flight so that I can leave after the FOMC meeting. But in the event that I don't, then I may do something on my mobile phone or just follow me on Twitter and we can just uh, stay in touch on Twitter. I do love those viewing parties with you guys but uh better get to lisbon guys better get to better get to solana all right let's go um in fact hold on before we go kyle how are you doing the trading competition bro i mean i'll tell you where i am i'm uh oh i hold i'm 14th i was actually I'm, i was i was much better than 14th i was much 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 better than 14th i was like ninth or something 
And then, you know what I did? I took a long on Doge, and then Doge went down, which is a problem. So yeah, um, just quickly, just, just how, how do you do, doing, bro? So yeah, I, I mean, I was also above top 10 position, uh, but it only lasted for a couple of seconds. So um, yeah, something bad happened. I'll show you now. Because I'm honest, I'm very honest. Like I'm willing to share the the true um, journey of a trader, and yeah, I got liquidated. So <laughs> <laughs> what what actually happened was I was in top tenth position, and then it's actually my girlfriend's fault because I was showering and I asked her, "Listen, just keep your finger where as soon as it drops under thirty percent profit, then sell the position for me while I'm showering." And she pushed the wrong button and I got liquidated. So that's that's what happened. Ninety minus ninety-nine point nine. So but wait, 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 there's more. At least my my bit get is doing fine. That one is uh, I won't put it in her hands. That one I've, I'm sitting up seventy percent. You know what that sounds like? Remember there was always those kids at school that used to say that the dog ate the homework. Remember this, the, the, they had like a long excuse about how, like how no 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 the, no no let's get something straight the last trading competition the last trading competition i took sheldon's advice it was a big you problem see, no 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 but this uh, but you can see this time i redeemed myself i learned you see now i'm doing it my way on 14th i was 9th and 10th on the weekend i took a, a doge long big mistake big mistake I took a yeah long. someone someone someone's making a very good suggestion here they're saying look if carl doesn't recover in the in the um vibrant competition then we just cancel your show that sounds fair. i mean it's not I, I don't think that you should be doing any kind of show if you if you buy down 99 percent, I and mean, your poor followers are gonna get wrecked i don't that's know fair. Fair. i agree okay so you, you need to you need to claw you need to claw your way back i think shaldino is in the top something he's somewhere he's somewhere in the top let's see where shaldino is he's look he's still here shaldino is fourth on bitget but I think also wrecked on Bybit. I think also wrecked on Bybit. Guys, remember, if you want to join us in this competition, it's a lot of fun. Just join us. You need to have $250 in your account. There's a link below in the description. Just do it. Just let's do it. I think I'm going to win this. I think I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to win this. And then later on in the show today, I'm actually going to um, fund some people's accounts to play with us. All right, let's carry on. Let's talk about, I think let's talk about the biggest story of the day. And that's Doge. Let's talk about Doge and let's talk about the Dogecoin pump because Dogecoin pumps are super important pumps. They're not just normal pumps. And the reason why I say that Dogecoin pumps are super important pumps is because people who've been here for a long time, Mama Sniper also got liquidated. Everyone got liquidated. It's a rough journey. So Dogecoin pumps are important. And the reason why Dogecoin pumps are important is because people who've been here for a long time know that Dogecoin pumps are often I don't know if you can call it the cause, but often preempt some kind of big altcoin run. And I'm not the only one who sees it. I don't know if you guys remember Suzu. Um, he's the king of leverage. He, he took more leverage than a whole country took out. Anyway, long story short, in April, he tweeted this. He said, broke, Doge selling off will break the market. Woke, Doge has precipitated every altcoin season ever. Um, and he's right, because if you look at this, there's an article that was written by... Um, by Coin Telegraph, which is which which says, talks about whether the Doge is a leading indicator for altcoin season, and there are mixed reviews, but there is data to kind of say that maybe Doge can be a leading a leading indicator 
for old, for old season. So whether you love Doge or you hate Doge, you got to listen to the segment because this segment may make you a whole lot of money on a whole lot of other other alts. And why does this happen? Why is it that when Dogecoin runs, then the rest of the market also runs? I'll tell you. So it's a very simple thing that happens. We are bringing in other money, so not traditional money. We bring in TikTokers. We bring in the younger generation. We bring in a whole lot of people with other money, not the normal crypto money that, that keeps getting recycled. And then what happens is these guys make money on Doge. They take their profits on Doge. They put their profits into ETH. That takes the ETH price up, and then that takes up the whole of the altcoin market, and the water kind of starts to rise. And this weekend, I had a whole lot of these young TikTokers, but also I had a whole lot of very serious institutional traders and business people phone me and say, hey, do you think it's a good idea to be buying Doge? So it's pretty clear that Dogecoin pumps are not to be taken lightly and specifically this Dogecoin pump. And as I said to you, for those of you who follow me on Twitter um, and for those of you who maybe listen to our Friday banter, watch our Friday banter, I always say to you guys, I've never taken a Doge position on size because Doge is not great tech. And not only is it not great tech, the tokenomics of Dogecoin are, are absolute garbage. So it's I've never taken a Doge position of size. I've obviously traded it. I've made some money and I've lost some money. But I said last week that you really can't afford to ignore Dogecoin anymore. And the reason why you can't afford to ignore Dogecoin anymore is very simple. Now, the richest man in the world, someone who has come out and publicly tried to get Dogecoin adoption wherever he can, has now come out and bought a platform. And the platform that he bought has 500 million users and 250 million monthly active users. Now, if you were the richest man in the world and you wanted to have some fun and maybe get adoption of a, of a currency, and all of a sudden you bought a platform with 250 million monthly active users or 500 million users, that could be a huge platform to drive adoption of Dogecoin. And not only that, Elon Musk has come out many, many times before, specifically on the road to buying Twitter, and what did he say? He said he wants to make Twitter into a super app. And when he was probed around what super app means, he always compared it to WeChat in China. Now, the biggest difference between WhatsApp and WeChat, or maybe even call it Twitter and WeChat, is that the one thing that Twitter doesn't have, Twitter doesn't have payments. WhatsApp doesn't have payments. WeChat has payments. And because WeChat has payments, it facilitates the app to do a whole lot of things. So you can buy and sell stuff directly on WeChat. You can conduct business transactions directly on WeChat. And Elon has kind of said he wants to make Twitter into this super app that does everything. So that's the one reason why you can't really ignore Doge anymore. The other reason is, well, you've got to look a little bit deeper. You've got to, you've got to put on your, your, um, your, your, your investigator hat and you've got to look a little bit deeper. And the truth is that now we're at a point where you know, you could have thought it was a joke. You could have always enjoyed the Dogecoin runs and thought to yourself, you know what, these are fun, but it's like, this is never going to continue. But now big people are starting to get involved. Whales. Um, I saw a couple of other, of, of other people starting to get involved, which I think is, is worth talking about. The one thing is Peter Brandt. Peter Brandt is a technical analyst. He's quite an old dude. He's one of the most renowned technical analysts in the world. Okay. And he's come out and he's, drawing a Dogecoin chart. And he's called, he said, this is called a bear channel, the upside violation, which is which ended the bear market that began in May 2021 high on Doge. So you see, he came up, he came here and he said that it's now broken out of this thing. Charles Hoskinson also uh, jumped in. And what did he say? He said, now that Twitter's in the hands of Elon Musk, I can see a real possibility 
that Doge will somehow merge with the platform. So these are now big people that are starting to speculate that Elon Musk may actually do something quite serious with Doge. And if he does do that, well, then you can't ignore Dogecoin anymore. And you've seen him trying to, to, so he always believes that Dogecoin is the currency of the people. He tweeted about it. You saw him talking about it on Saturday Night Live. Um, he's always been this proponent for the people and for Dogecoin and for making this the currency of the future. And I, I think we all remember the interviews that he did last year where he said something like, uh, sometimes the most entertaining outcome is, what he said? Sometimes the he most... Yeah, sometimes at least, yeah. So we all remember all, all, all those things that he said. And we all know that he's been trying to drive adoption um, on SpaceX by um, uh, SpaceX accepting Dogecoin as a payment to launch Doge One mission to the moon. Uh, at the Boring Company, uh, you can buy Tesla merchandise. You can buy Tesla merchandise with Doge, but you can't buy Tesla merchandise with Bitcoin. I mean, that, that's how funny it is. And he was being trolled by Peter McCormack, by Peter the Troll McCormack. Um, he was being trolled by the troll, Peter McCormack. And he said something like, Peter said something like, um, Dear Elon Musk, the perfect troll is one where the people don't know whether you, it is a troll or not. You recently poorly informed, your recent poorly informed criticism of Bitcoin plus support for Dogecoin may be the perfect troll, or you might actually believe this, God, I hope not. And Elon actually replied, instead of noxious threads like this, make me want to go all in on Doge. So you can see he's always been this proponent of Dogecoin. Caitlin Long sees it the same way that I see it. And she sees a couple of other clues. The clues are that um, Elon Musk was one of the original founders of PayPal. And what they try to do is they try to disintermediate payments. And now again, he has a platform and she's saying, look, Elon's, um, uh, it says, yeah, fate loves irony. That's what that he said. So she's saying Elon's acquisition of Twitter is actually not about Twitter. It's not about communication, but it's actually about disintermediating the banks. And that kind of makes sense. And you know, I'll tell you why it kind of makes sense. Because if you look at who Elon Musk has around him in this acquisition, there are a whole lot of people that he did the acquisition with. One of them we know is CZ from Binance. And CZ gave him $500 million, which was, it's actually quite a huge check in the big scheme of things. In fact, Binance was one of the biggest contributors, a single party contributor to the deal. But that's not the only people that Elon Musk has around him here. There are another two people that Elon Musk has around him, and it's super important to, to, to understand who these people are. So I'm going to play you a little, a little snippet here. Um, let's listen to this. Very, very tough, knuckled uh, company builders walks through that door. Yeah. The Oatly has left the building. Let's just leave it at that. Wow. So I guess we can talk about it now. Uh, Elon has clo closed the I deal. I guess we can talk about it now. Well, no, I, I'm just saying Sachs and I could not talk about this because we had... You know, we, we couldn't talk about it for legal reasons. So he's talking about Sachs and him. So, so Jason Calacanis and David Sachs couldn't talk about it. And the reason why they couldn't talk about it for legal reasons is because they were actually involved in the deal. And the information that I got was that JKL and David Sachs are now company contractors who are lurking around the offices. And I think they even have email addresses. So you can see that they are strategically part of the buyout. Now, Let's just look at the background of these people. So JKL we'll talk about in a second, but David Sachs was the guy who ran PayPal at the time when Elon owned it. So these guys are all about payments and, and, and a whole lot of VC and stuff like that. So that's one of the things you got to look at, at who is actually around Elon. And you can see that JKL 
is already starting to ask a whole lot of questions and do a whole lot of Twitter polls and stuff like that. So you can see he's very much in the mix of things. A couple of other things that we need to listen to when it comes to the all-in pod, because these are all clues. So let's listen to this. And he owns a domain X.com, which is a bigger idea, the payments or the verification, which is the bigger idea for increasing well, shareholder value, which would you do first? I mean, payments is an entire roadmap, right? So there's a lot that could be done there. Explain. Well, that. I mean, it's, it's about, I mean, you could layer on a lot of, services on top of that. So okay. it's not just like one feature. Look, I think they're both compelling in terms of where they could lead. I think what's amazing about Elon as an entrepreneur is he always starts with a mission and then he figures out how to turn it into a great product and a great business. So for example, they're so talking about payments and verification. And if you read between the lines, what do they mean by payments and verification? Well, they mean they need to know who you are and then you can start making payments, which is kind of like a KYC without actually doing a KYC, but would allow you to facilitate payments. And when that happens, Twitter becomes this super app that Elon starts speaking about. So it makes sense that very, very, very soon, we'll see some kind of integration of payments into Twitter. And what would also probably make sense is maybe, 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 and I think probably Dogecoin will be at least part of the payment uh, currency that you'll, that you'll be able to do. Then I turn to the court documents. So remember that these court documents were, I don't know if you can say leaked, um, because they weren't actually leaked because any, anyone has access to court documents. But I don't think enough people took the time to read these court documents. I did, though. And I remember when I read these court documents, if, uh, I saw a few things. The first thing is on page 19, um, I've got to, okay, so this is from Elon. It says, my plan B is a blockchain version of Twitter where the tweets are embedded in the transactions in the comments. So you'd have to pay maybe 0,1 doge per comment or repost of, of that comment. And the reason why I want to do this is to get rid of the bots because bots don't want to pay money, right? So here was a the first mention of Dogecoin. And then if you look at his discussions with Jason Calacanis, and you can see in the court documents that these are the discussions um, uh, of the, of the, uh, between him and Jason Calacanis. But what you can see is that they have a whole lot of ideas here, and the ideas here involve a blockchain-type currency. So I'll try and find you some here now. Um, let's have a look here if there's moving bots. Da -da -da. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Uh, okay, page 19, page 20 and 21. I think there's a whole lot of... If you look through these things, there's a whole lot of ideas here that involve a blockchain and a blockchain currency, specifically with him talking around Jason Calacanis. And who's inside Who's inside uh, right now with him? Jason Calacanis. And if you look at page 26 here, Jason Calacanis says, put me in the game, coach. Twitter CEO is my dream job. Right now, it looks like Jason Calacanis is in the game. Also, 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 if you look at over here, they, got, they talk about a whole lot of ideas for monetization. So it just says, hey, I had the best idea for monetization. If you pay 0,1 per follower per year, you can DM all your followers up to one time, one times a day. See, that's an idea. And he starts talking about how much money they can make. And he says, five, 500,000 followers, $5,000, and I DM them when I have a new podcast episode, uh, or I'm doing a new event, or my book comes out. How would you pay that? Well, you'd have to pay that using some kind of Twitter currency. 
Who would be the Twitter currency? Well, the Twitter currency maybe, possibly, could be Dogecoin. So what's the conclusion here? The conclusion here is that I don't think that you can ignore Dogecoin. I think it's a highly risky, highly speculative uh, asset. But now that the richest man in the world who's come out many, many times and said that he is a a supporter of Dogecoin and he wants Dogecoin to succeed, now that he has a platform that has 500 million users and 250 million monthly active users, he's got one of the most powerful platforms in the world. And it kind of makes sense that at some point he's going to integrate a cryptocurrency. Maybe it'll be Dogecoin. I think it will. The other thing to you before, I've never taken a Doge position on size. It just hasn't felt right for me to invest in technology that I don't believe in. But remember, you want, in technology, you need two things. You need technology and distribution and mass adoption. And in fact, you probably need the third thing, which is religion. So you need technology, religion, and mass adoption. Now, Doge has a huge follower base, and it's the right follower base. It has religion. It doesn't really, unfortunately, have technology, but there are ways to fix it. There are ways to fix it. Um, And we'll talk about some of the ways to fix it. Um, And the last thing is you you need a distribution platform. And what better distribution platform is than one of the biggest social media apps in the world? So to me, I would take a small position in Dogecoin. I don't know if you have to take the position right now because we have had a pump, but I think you got to keep your eye on this. And I don't think that Elon Musk has come out and said anything about Dogecoin, but I think he will. And so I think you got to be, you can't take your eyes off the ball here. You cannot take your eyes off the ball here. This thing could go. And when this thing goes, as you know, it's going to take up a whole lot of the other uh, 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 meme coins with it. In fact, let's quickly just look at what happened to Sheep. Sheep is the one that, that destroyed you, Carl. You see, so you already had a Sheep pump and you're getting a whole lot of other um, meme coin pumps. And that's the power of a Dogecoin rally. So it brings in that other money. So yeah. Um, Let's wait for Elon to come out and actually say something. And I think he will. And I think he'll only come out and say something after he's done some cleaning up of the shop. So where are we now? He's walked into Twitter and he started the cleanup operation. I think he's realized walking into Twitter, what kind of a mess um, he's inherited or, or he's I don't even inherited, but he bought. He tweeted a couple of things on the weekend. But one of the things that he tweeted is this actual email from Twitter, um, which is auto generated. And I mean, it just tells you a whole lot about the culture, what it means to be a good manager at Twitter by showing you how to create opportunities for impact to help your tweets grow their careers and demonstrate for team. P.S. You've only got 30 days to finish this mandatory course. If I joined a company and they sent me this, I would go to the CEO and I'd punch the CEO flat bang in the nose, which I think he wants to do. Um, In fact, we know he's laying off between 25 to 50% of the Twitter workforce. And we also know that he's already laid off uh, three people, at least that we know about. He laid off Parag, um, poor guy. So Parag was due to get like $40 million if he was fired, but not if he was fired with cause. And I think what Elon is aiming for now is that he's actually firing him with cause. And because he's firing him with cause, Parag's going to walk away probably with nothing or he's going to have to fight in a, in a long-term legal battle. Then you had... The, the lady at, at legal, I can't remember her name. Um, what is her name? Let's quickly just Google it. Twitter. I mean, the comments. Uh, uh, Twitter legal lady. Come on. Come on. Twitter legal lady. Um, I mean, can you even say that? 
Twitter legal. Come on. We, we, we all know her name. Come on. Someone in the comments, tell me what. Indian lady. Come on. Come, uh, come on. I've been talking about it all weekend. I just leave it. Um, anyway, you can kind of see the interaction between Parag and Elon. You can already see in, uh, Vijaya. Got it. That's her name. She's also gone. And and Ned Siegel, the, 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 the finance guy, also gone. Okay. Now, you can see why Parag's gone. Because... Here comes Elon. He's just, he's talking about buying this thing. He's, he's amazingly excited. He says, I have a ton of ideas, but let me know if I'm pushing too hard. I, I just want Twitter to be maximum amazing. Parag says, I want to hear all the ideas and I'll tell you which ones I'll make progress on and verse not and why. And in this space, just good to spend as much time with you, plus my product and engineering team to talk to you, ingest information on both sides. He says, I'd like to understand the technical details of the Twitter code base. This will help me calibrate the dumbness of my suggestions. Anyway, him and Parag continue this. And Parag says, well, you know, I'd, you know, I'm not actually going to get you involved to speak to engineers. He says, but I've been writing heavy-duty software for 20 years. He says, I used to be a CTO and I've been in our code base for a long time. So I can answer any of your questions. Like, that's not a way to talk to Elon. This guy's trying to limit, you know, he's trying to keep information away from Elon. And he's trying to, to, he's not nurturing Elon's excitement. And that's probably why he got the ticket out of there. That and because he was just wasting a lot of time. I think he's also dealing with, advertisers you know he, he wrote this this uh, text to advertisers about you know what it, what what he's expecting from them i'm not going to bore you with the details <laughs> and then he's starting to reinstate people apparently he's reinstating donald trump and he's re he, i think he's already reinstated kanye west um and and a lot of people saying that if if he does uh reinstate president trump's account then a lot of advertisers are going to halt ad spend now reality check elon doesn't give a fuck whether you withhold your ad spending dollars. In fact, he doesn't even like spending on the platform. So yeah, that's the story. Um, let's see, anything else around this, this uh, thing? Anything else around Twitter? Uh, there was news today that you'd have to pay $20 to, con if you want to be a verified user, $20 per month. To me, that sounds expensive. So I think we, let's wait for confirmation. Let's wait for confirmation. Cool, let's talk about that. Remember at the end of the show, I'm going to show you two more coins that I think, or three more coins that I think that Wells are buying. Um, we already know that they're buying Dogecoin. We know that because we saw huge volume. In fact, if you look at the volume this week, uh, this just this weekend on Twitter, uh, on uh, on Dogecoin, that's the volume. Um, I mean, this is relative to, look at that. Just There's not many times when the volume has been this high. And I think this is just the beginning. Keep your eye on this one. You cannot ignore Dogecoin anymore. You, you simply can't. It, even me, you know, I'm being, I've always been the one to say to you, I can't touch it, I can't touch it, I can't touch it. And Vinnie Lingham has been... He's Vinnie Lingham has been nailing me every time that there's a Friday banter. He says to me, I said to him, Vinnie, what would you buy? He says Dogecoin. And he kept saying it. And Vinnie Lingham just got this thing. He's always right. What percentage do you put That's a So I'm starting to nibble. I'm starting to nibble because I think, look, I caught it before the pump. I told you guys at six cents that I'm buying this thing and I bought it at six cents. Um, so I would start nibbling. I don't know if I'd nibble now because there has been some excitement, but the next pullback, start nibbling and take a very small percentage of your portfolio very 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 small and Carl if you do that then maybe soon your bitget account your Bible account will look like my Bible account and we can play in the top 10 together Carl like friends <laughs> all right before we talk about the other two coins I do want to talk about Sam Bankman Freed I mean he's messed up bad I mean he really messed up bad first of all he started with this whole crypto regulation thing then he agreed to go on the Bankless podcast and debate against Eric Fuhis. Now, Eric Fuhis is one of the 
best guys in the space. He's one of the most rational-minded people in the space. And I think it's fair to say that Eric Voorhees destroyed him. In fact, we've invited Eric to Friday Banter. I think it's the next Friday Banter. Eric's going to be on it. But let me tell you something. Eric destroyed him. And I want to just show you the tone. Because I don't want, I mean, you guys probably, and I know you guys, you're a bunch of DJs. There's not a chance in hell that you guys listen to a two-hour podcast. I listened to it. I listened to it twice. Because the first time I listened and the second time I listened to it to get timestamps for you guys. Um, and there are a whole lot of really cool parts. I'm going to summarize it for you very, very, very quickly. So first thing is, listen to the question that they posed to Eric as to whether or not crypto should actually be regulated at all. Listen. Crypto be regulated. Uh, what a question. So I guess first let's... let's look, at uh, Sam, look at Sam's face. Just look at Sam's face here. And then just look at how Eric just flattens him. Um, consider that like Sam's proposal that a stable coin itself should be regulated at least such that a provider has to prove that it has reserves for the tokens would be a higher bar than the Federal Reserve itself already applies, right? The Federal Reserve does not prove anything inside it with any degree of auditability or attestability. Banks do not need to approve anything about what they do um, in any way that is cryptographically verifiable. Um, us in the crypto industry already have a higher standard of what constitutes knowledge, what constitutes proof. And so it is a little ironic for people from the traditional financial world um, imposing on us the need to be proving anything, right? We're, we're the ones that prove it cryptographically. So on the point of like whether crypto should be regulated, it's also important to consider that it already is. Crypto is heavily regulated. I know Sam would agree with that. It's been regulated ever since the very beginning. It falls under all sorts of laws in all sorts of jurisdictions. And we dispense with this myth that it's like some, some void of regulation. I wish that were true. That, that would be my, my panacea, but it's not. It is incomplete. Because that's the first part. Okay, this is like the warm-up. This is like the warm-up. Okay, now it gets a little bit more exciting. So I'm going to take you to one more timestamp. And then it gets a little bit more exciting. So about here is where it starts to fall apart here. I love Eric's clarity of thinking here. So let's just quickly go here. Eric's clarity of thinking here is insane. That you had with some of SBF's suggestions. Because uh, again, if, if there is a shot at getting some regulation in, we sure as hell want to get it right, don't we? And um, it seemed like you were very concerned that this is not the right path to go down. What most concerned you in Sam's post? So, yeah, again, importantly, we don't know the text of this DCCPA bill yet. Okay, now, as he says that, watch Sam's face. What, now, watch Sam's face. Eric says, we don't know the context of this, of this DCC thing. Now, watch. So, we're all kind of talking about it blindly in that regard. I.e., Sam um, knows. I'd say there are mainly two, two big issues that I had with, with the post, and uh, I want to give Sam credit for how open he's been to feedback and how engaged he's been subsequent to that post. I appreciate that very much. Um, the first one was when Sam said that we should, that everyone. What is going on? Uh, I think that, I think that this is, I think, it, I think this is on their side. Thus, they must follow OFAC. But to use that word respect, I think was a little bit, um, revealing. And I wanted to counter that because OFAC should not be respected and it, it perhaps bears discussion on, on why. So 
Um, OFAC stands for the Office of Foreign Assets Control. It's a depart it's part of the Department of the Treasury, and they maintain um, sanctions lists and any and people, companies, organizations, and entire countries are on this list. Uh, it is illegal under current law for any American person or any American business to do business with anyone on these sanctions lists. Um, so why is it unethical? Well, it includes entire countries. So in my post, I talked about Iran. It is illegal for any American to do business with an Iranian. Um, this is patently unethical and is the kind of thing which we in the industry should be highlighting as emblematic of the status quo financial system and something that we vehemently oppose. It is not okay that an American cannot send money to a brave Iranian woman who is standing up for her freedom in that country just because she was born in that country. We should be reflecting on this as a, as a people. And like, what kind of financial system do we want to be designing in the future? I don't think we want to be designing one where 80 million innocent people are excluded from the financial system. So yes, as Americans, do we have to follow OFAC as law? Yes. Should we respect it? Absolutely not. And I, my request here is for someone. A lot of people are saying the market's damping. So let's just take a quick pause. Let's see. Is the market damping? Bitcoin's down a little bit. I, don't, I wouldn't say it's damping. Uh, let's just look at the NASDAQ. NASDAQ's down 1%. People saying the Fed fucked us. I, I actually haven't seen any news. If there is news, just drop it on the... Uh, Joe, just drop it for me on the research group. Joe's uh, one of our researchers. All right, lastly, let's we can look at the last two parts that I want you to see from, from Eric. The first thing is, this is where he destroyed SPF. This was like destruction. This is front hand by American, targeting American retail. If that did mean that, like, essentially a suit front hand by American, targeting American retail had to be licensed, um, I think that could be reasonable. Which Sam, is if, we, um, if the question was, let's let's acknowledge that the email protocol will be permissionless as a protocol. Yep. But it was the law of the land in America that every email front-end provider required KYC from its users. Yeah. Because under the justification that we do not want people sending information back and forth to terrorists, yep. where would you so, stand on that position? Oh, I'd be strongly against that position. I think why? Be, I think be, why? Why would I be against it? Because I think that it, I think it'd be like against freedom of speech. I think it'd be disenfranchising a lot of people. I think I would not trust them to practice that it would do a good job. So I agree with you on all of that. Okay. Um, I'm making a distinction here between, for instance, payments versus like derivatives contracts. Why, why is Ave somehow different than email? So um, why is it different than email? Um, you, you argued so well and so passionately yeah. to not block email with yes. licensing and KYC. I loved hearing that. Yep. That filled my soul with joy. Such yeah. good arguments. Why yeah. does that not apply to financial transactions? So, um, <laughs> why does it not apply to financial transactions? Not to keep a straight face. Um, <laughs> I think there are a few things here. So, first <laughs> That was the first part. And then the last part, and I think this is super important. And I think that this is ultimately the ultimate in clarity of thought. And I think everybody in the industry needs to hear this. And if you like this, smash the like button because I think this is, this is everything. This is absolutely, absolutely everything. This is where Eric differs from Sam Backman-Fried. Uh, we, those of us in this ecosystem, this industry, have created 
essentially a new financial foundation for the whole world. This is a huge responsibility. And the entire purpose of this financial foundation is that all of humanity can use an open, immutable financial layer. We are separating money from politics. We are separating money from the state. And in the same way that the church was separated from the state and everyone now hails that as one of the greatest things that humanity ever did, we now too, it comes to us to do the same for money. Money is as or more important to people than religion is. We interact with it every day in all sorts of manners. And just as mathematics or language are immutable and open to the entire human race, so too should the exchange and management of money. That is the principle that makes this entire ecosystem important. That is the principle that justifies everything that we do. And if we lose that, it will be something that we regret for the rest of our lives because we had that opportunity. So bang, uh, that's how he leaves Sam Bankman-Fried. And when he does that, he leaves Sam Bankman-Fried with like a weight on top of his shoulder going, you have the, the, the whole industry on your shoulders. What are you going to do? Are you going to destroy this movement that we've been working on? Or are you actually going to go and do the right thing? And for the whole weekend, Sam Bankman-Fried tried to defend and he was defending. And I went onto Twitter and I, said, I, I tweeted him and I said, you know what, Sam? There's really no upside. And I've been sitting on my hands, not typing, which is very, which is very tough for me, as you know, because I like to talk how I think. I, I can't keep anything in. And so I said to him, why don't you just let Eric run the bill for you? And he said, um, well, you know, I'm not actually running the bill myself and whatever else. But then it seems like he actually listened. Um, uh, and he said, he, he posted this thing called my final thoughts on this, but he's done the final thoughts on this for a long time. He says, at the end of the day, I think I basically agree with Eric, blah, 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 blah. And at the end of it, he kind of destroys the whole thing. And he says, um, here he goes, I encourage everyone, including Eric Vuhis, to make their voices heard and fight for what's right. Fight for freedom to make the, uh, the, for, uh, and to make the economy work and for the exponential interoperable power of DeFi. I hope for all of our sakes that crypto Twitter has carefully considered all the details and possible bills, almost implying like we could never do this without him. Um, he says, there are a huge number of possible parts here, some fairly subtle, and I worry that some people haven't fully thought them out empirically, um, what the results would be of such decisions. But hopefully I'm wrong. Crypto Twitter, take the wheel. One last thing, I'm seriously concerned that some relatively strident adversarial strategies could end up backfiring and undermining DeFi. I'm fine with crypto Twitter leading the way. For all our sakes, I hope I'm wrong. So that's what he did. And I think he left it on a, on a, on a very bad note. We all know that he's a big contributor. We all know that he was the biggest contributor to the, one of the biggest contributors to the midterm election campaign and to the previous campaign. And we all know that he is now going to just continue lo lobbying in the background. And then Eric replied and said, Dear SBF, yesterday you suggested crypto Twitter can, should take over the policy effort. I assume that's genuine. T uh, talking your word that you you're fine with crypto Twitter leading the way regarding the progression of the DCCPA. Others may not take your word. Verify, don't trust. So if you're serious about community involvement, are you willing to formally request of the Senate AG committee to defer the marking up of the bill until next year? The time provided being, uh, uh, this time being provided such a thoughtful legislation can form in public. Do you agree that this would be pragmatic or prudent? And this is, this is what basically he replies and he, he just falls back on it. Now, I think that SBF has now shown you his true colors. And I asked the community, I asked our community, and I said, you know, I want to show you this poll. I said, 
after the events of the last few days, weeks, would you open an account on FTX? 16.9% of people said uh, yes. 68.6% of people said no ways. And 14.4% of people are actually so serious that they're going to close their account. So now I have a message to you. And the message is that if you're going to close your FTX account, click on the Bybit link. But I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not using the opportunity to plug you with a Bybit link. But I should because, look, the truth is I'm not trading on FTX anymore. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not trading on FTX anymore. Anyway, let's let's get let's get to the the meat and the juice because yeah, I see people are asking about the other two tokens that um, that I spoke about. I spoke about Dogecoin. I told you guys it's probably time a good time to be loading up on Dogecoin. Maybe not today, but wait for a pullback. And in fact, there was a pullback now. So what is Dogecoin doing in this pullback? Still too high. Still too high. Um, but maybe start buying. There are another, a few other tokens that I would be buying. So let's talk about the tokens that I would be buying. And I think the first one we're going to speak about. And please. Listen carefully. Do not go all in on this token and do not FOMO in because there's a very small circulating supply of this token and a small amount of this of money in this token can drive the price up. But you need to know what's happening at Monkey Ball. It's important that I tell you what's happening at Monkey Ball because if you wait for everybody else to find out what's happening at Monkey Ball, you're going to get wrecked. So here's the story. Remember when Monkey Ball first launched, they were going to launch a game. They were going to call launch the Monkey Ball game, which is a football game that you play with monkeys against your opponents, right? That's what Monkey Ball was initially supposed to do. And they launched the MBS token and the MBS token did super, super well and the market collapsed and the MBS token has come all the way down to, I think around, let's quickly look at this. I think around 10 cents or seven or eight cents. Anyway, then I tweeted yesterday, after my tweet, mysteriously, the price of Monkey Ball went up. So here's the whole story. That's why I thought I'd must rush, rush and actually bring you guys the whole story, okay? And if you like the story, just smash the like button or caress the like button, as, as Farrell, says, Farrell says. So here's the story. The team then, the team, and by the way, this team is one of the most unbelievable teams in, in, in gaming. They were part of the Playticker team, which was sold multiple times, I think, uh, for, for huge amounts of money. And they are the team behind the studio that built Monkey Ball. And so the real the real interesting part is actually the studio. The, stu the real part is not the game because games can succeed and games can fail, but you want to own a share in the studio because if the monkey ball game doesn't work, well, then maybe they'll do 10 games or 20 games or 30 other games and one of them will eventually succeed. And knowing this team's track record, well, a lot of them will actually succeed. So the question is, how do you get a share of the studio? And that's where I think the interesting play comes in. So... What they've done is they've launched a, the, the, the studio is called the Uncaged Studio. And what they've done is they've launched a score token. And the only way to get the score token, there's no pre-sale, there's no, there's no pre-sale on, on, on the studio. You cannot buy the tokens of the studio. The only way to get this, this token of the studio is to actually stake your Monkey Bolt tokens. So what's going to happen is they're going to go to Solana this week and Solana breakpoint is going to be a huge event. Now, you'll remember that Solana breakpoint caused a huge pump in Solana last year, but then at the end of the breakpoint, there was a bit of a dump. This time, I read a tweet, and I think it's right. I think, I think the tweet is, is right. It says that 50% more people are attending Solana breakpoint 2022 than they are in 2021. And on the first day, there is a gaming day. On the fourth, there's a gaming day. Now, on that day, I know that Monkey Ball or Uncaged Studios are going to be on the stage. And I have a suspicion that I know what they're going to announce. The first thing they're going to announce, they're going to announce the game launch, which is a, a, a massive thing. The second thing is they're going to announce some partnerships, maybe with 
AC Milan or some other football groups. I mean, I've no, I've no idea. I have, obviously, I don't have any inside information here. But, you know, I mean, it could be AC Milan. Um, the next thing that they're going to talk about is they're going to talk about how to get the score tokens. Now, if they manage to impress on stage and people want to get the score token, the only way to do it is to buy Monkey Ball and stake your Monkey Ball for a long time, for, for a very, very long time. And I, I don't have any inside information, but I do have any information that a lot of the big investors, um, and I just want to quickly, um, let me quickly just read you a list of some of the big investors, which I've got here. Um, it's from one of the birdies. So the big investors here are DraftKings, Solana, um, Alameda Research, Jump Capital, Republic, Longhash. These are serious things. And they invested $24 million in Monkey Ball or in the studio, and they got Monkey Ball tokens, and they're all going to be locking them up. Now, to get score tokens, the only way you can get them is you need to lock your Monkey Ball into one of the programs, a six-month program, the 12-month program, or the 18-month program. And I think there's even a 24-month program. So what I think is going to happen is, I think the combination of big news on the Solana stage with a 50% bigger breakpoint this year than next year, than last year, uh, to me, big, is a big signal to say, okay, possibly a good time to start buying. Now, let's look at where the token is and let's look about where you guys need to be careful. So before I tweeted yesterday, and I don't think that the price increase has anything to do with my tweet, for those of you who are going to jump up, um, the price was 9.3. In fact, let's, let's, let's look at a bigger chart because this, this is much better. So the, the all-time high was $2.56. Then the price came down and I think the low was around 7 or $0.08. Cents. Now the price is starting to recover because the game is launching and because of the score token. So you kind of know what the parameters are. It's trading at 13 cents, but watch out here. The, circ the circulating supply is very, 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 very small relative to the fully diluted valuation. And that's where you've got to be careful. What we can hope is that all these VCs will, would lock up all their tokens. And I think that's what's going to happen because they don't want monkey ball tokens. They want score tokens, which is what I want. So I'm taking all my monkey ball and I'm going to uh, lock them up for as long as possible so that I can get score tokens. And that's it. People are now like are panicking about the drop. Let's just see how bad is this drop. Okay. It's $200. Bitcoin's dropped the whole $297. Everyone calm down. Breathe in and out. Probably a good buying opportunity to take another position in the put in the competition. So just stay tuned. I'll probably do that. I'll, I'll probably do it in a second. Um, okay, so that's Monkey Ball. You know what I know now. No one has more information than anybody else. We all have the same information. And now you've got to decide what you want to do. Uh, I know what I'm doing. I'm buying a few more Monkey Ball. I've already got a whole lot. I'm locking them all up. I'm locking them all up for the man for the for them for as long as possible the reason why i'm looking for as long as possible i want as many of the studio tokens and the reason why i want the studio tokens is because i know the team and i know how smart the team are and i know that this is the team that can actually deliver and i want in all right um lastly there are a couple of other tokens that i think big wells are actually starting to buy one of them one of them one of them is one that i don't talk about enough and i probably should talk about it a lot more we used to talk about it a lot more um, and we don't talk about it enough because it disappointed in the last bull market. It actually really disappointed. And that, of course, is Chainlink. So Chainlink, you can see, has been in this accumulation range for a long, long, long time. It's been, it's been going between, I mean, let's, let's call this between $8.50 and $6 for a long, long, long time. In fact, right from May. And even in the last bull market, Chainlink didn't perform as well as all the other tokens. It really, really, really didn't. It was kind of a disappointing a disappointing performer, but something's changed. And what's changed is that the tokenomics have changed. 
And that's the interesting part around Chainlink and why I think that you probably should be starting to accumulate link. The reason is that with a new token, I mean, we all know Chainlink is one of the most, it is the, the, the most used Oracle. It's the one that's got the most network effects and probably the one that's going to last the longest. One of the most important changes that has been made to Chainlink is a change to tokenomics. And the change to tokenomics is all around staking. So it says the, re the release of link staking redefines the tokenomics of links to accrue value from the protocol in a few ways. While link tokens do not receive direct revenue sharing from Chainlink, the token does serve as a utility token that the nodes need to use to stay competitive. And how it basically works is that if the, the reason for this is that um, jobs for node operators will be distributed, not be distributed uniformly, rather the node that the nodes that operators that have more link staked will receive more high value jobs, which generate more revenue. So if you want to be in the link ecosystem and you want to be generating more income in the link ecosystem, it means you have to stake more chain link. And by doing that, it's completely changed the tokenomics of, of chain link. And for me, I think after such a long period of accumulation on a protocol, uh, on a protocol that is so important to the DeFi and to the ecosystem, I think you can't really you can't really ignore Link anymore. So look, go and look at DeFi Menti. He wrote a fifteen page a fifteen part tweet thread, which I'm not going to go through now because we are running out of time. But probably worth looking at and probably worth starting to stock up on Link. So that's the third one. So I promised you I'd give you three tokens that Wells are buying. I gave you Dogecoin. Told you about Monkey Ball, um, and I'm telling you I'm, I'm telling you about Link. There also are one or two other tokens that you should be looking at. So lastly, I want to talk to you about. Um, one more token. Should we talk about one more token? Carl, what do you say? Yes, yeah. All right, well, if I, if we, let, let's smash some likes. Let's get things going here. Let's get things going here. Um, all right, in the interest of time, um, the cat's out of the bag here. The World Cup is coming up in a couple of days. In two, three weeks, the World Cup is coming up in Qatar. And I think we haven't yet seen World Cup hype in, in, in crypto. And I think there are some tokens that are going to get some World Cup hype when it comes to crypto. Some of them have already run. So the first one is Chili's. Remember, Chili's is the fan token token, so to speak. Um, hold on a second. Let me just kill that. So Chili's, remember, is the fan token um, play. And I think now with the World Cup coming up, I think it's probably a good one to be buying. So quickly, let's look at how Chili's is doing. Let's quickly look at how Chili's is doing. All right, so you've got the data there. Um, let's look at it. Since the lows in June, it is currently up about 170%. You can see that it's broken out of this channel over here. It's broken up out of this shorter term trend over here. I'm going to draw it for you very quickly. So it's not going to be the nicest drawing you've ever seen. But you can see it's broken up above that and it's starting to run. Uh, I think Sheldon, did Sheldon speak about it on his show earlier? I think he did. Let's keep our eyes on it. If you want World Cup exposure, this is one place that you can get World Cup exposure. The other place that you can get real World Cup exposure is Algorand. Remember, they've actually got a, a, a partnership with FIFA. And Algorand, if I remember correctly, has actually been hit quite hard. Um, 35 cents. It's been trading in this range of between 28 cents and a high of 41 cents ever since June. And it looks like it's now starting to break up. So keep your eyes on those two. I don't have data of any whales buying Algorand, but I do have data around Chainlink uh, whales buying. I have data around Monkey Ball or MBS. And I've told you guys why whales are going to be buying it uh, and locking it up for a long period of time. So you're not going to drown in tokens. And then 
Lastly, uh, Dogecoin. I told you guys you can't ignore. And then people are talking about render. I think that again, render being mentioned on the Apple website, number one. Number two, render will definitely be at Solana this year. And when they do when they do come to Solana, I think that you can, that they can be um, that there will be uh, some news. I think you've got to watch you've got to watch render as well. Yeah, I think you've got to watch render as well. What else is there? That's it from me, I think. Maybe we should do some Q&A. Maybe two minutes of Q&A if, there's any, if there are any questions. Um, at the, in the meantime, let's watch the market together. I mean, stop panicking. It's 20,400. It's not like we haven't been here before. People are, you're, you're watching it on the wrong... You're watching it on the wrong time frame. That's the problem. You just watch... Your, your time frames are all wrong. Might be time to start taking a position here for the competition. Let's have a look here. Mm. Now, it's not high enough and it's not low enough. And I'm worried that if I take a competition, if I take a position now, I'm going to give up my 14th position and I don't want it. Who cuts your hair? Is that, I mean, is that the Q and is this the level of the alpha that we're talking about here? <laughs> All right, chaps, listen, I'll see you guys again tomorrow. I think tomorrow, my, one of my sons is going in for an operation. So if he's out of his operation and everything is healthy, I'll be here. Otherwise, I'm not going to be here. And then on Wednesday, I'm not sure if I'll be here because I haven't yet got a flight to Solana um, because Emirates hasn't confirmed my flight. So if you are from Emirates Airlines, you will see that passenger Ran Noina is on the waiting list and he needs to leave. He needs to get to Solana Breakpoint. Please, Emirates Airlines, please, could you confirm me on the flight so I can go to Portugal? I'll see you guys again soon. Until then, have fun. Trade well, my friend. We have a great community. They were they were alive and they were well. <laughs> People saying Ryanair it is, but there's no Ryanair here in South Africa, man. We don't have Ryanair here. <laughs>